Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Live Vegan Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Leahy. And normally we are joined by Ben Loire, our co-host and a guest. But this week I wanted to do something different. We didn't book a guest this week because our, our schedules just couldn't match up. Uh, but I did write something that I've been wanting to share for a period of time and I thought this week would be a good week to to launch it because we didn't have an episode with a guest. Um, and the title of the article is called Slaughtering Animals Will Be Illegal by 2079. Now, I hope it's provocative. I hope it grabs attention. I hope a lot of people who are animal rights activists who listen to this podcast think that's crazy. I hope that also some people don't think it's crazy and it's actually obtainable, very realistic. But I tried to lay out how I think it's going to happen. And I said 60 years because I truly believe it will happen within my lifetime. I'm 40, just about 40 now, and I figure if I can live to 100, (laughs) I might be able to see this happen. And uh, I'm hoping that I can live to 100 as long as I eat right and exercise and stay away from uh, hazardous activities. So I try to lay it out based on lots of conversations that we've had in this podcast, talking to experts in their industries and sort of piecing things together. Um, I weighed heavily on the interview with J.C. Reese. Um, the interview with Bruce Friedrich, they, they both had a lot of really relevant statistics to offer. And so I put, I put this article together. There's a lot of footnotes. Obviously, you won't be able to see the footnotes because I'm just reading it here. Um, but I'll also post it on Facebook on the Live Vegan podcast page. And uh, so you can take a look at that and, and check my work, check the research behind it, and let me know what you think. Obviously, it's a prediction. We don't know for sure what's going to happen, but I see it very clearly that we are right on so many fronts. We're right ethically. We're right environmentally. We're right in terms of health. Uh, and, And even in terms of money. And I talk about that in in the article. It takes more money, more resources to grow an animal to slaughter weight. You know, it, it, it takes fewer resources to just grow plants and assemble plant-based meat. So, um, I think we have a winning combination and I, I simply cannot see us continuing down this path with with all these environmental catastrophes looming, you know, global warming is is a serious issue. We have to address this. So I I truly believe that we're going to see a mainstream shift very, very soon. So again, 
this is my prediction. It's an article that was written by me, only by me. Um, ben was going to be on to insert some commentary, uh, but uh, we couldn't have our schedules match up. So maybe we'll talk about it in next week's episode. So without further ado, here is my article. Please let me know what you think. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you guys for listening. Slaughtering animals will be illegal by 2079. We are closer to this reality than most are aware. In 2017, a nonprofit research organization named Animal Charity Evaluators discovered that 47% of people are already in favor of banning all slaughterhouses. This stat was double-checked by a third-party proponent of the meat industry because they couldn't believe its accuracy. Through their own independent polling, they confirmed exactly 47% of people are indeed in favor of banning all slaughterhouses. In addition, Gallup recently confirmed that 94% of Americans believe animals deserve at least some legal protection. Interestingly, humans tend to agree quite comprehensively about the protected status of animals, regardless of political convictions or leanings. Even during extremely divisive moments in U.S. political history, California was able to pass the strongest animal welfare regulations on the planet. In fact, Americans have repeatedly shown they stand against unnecessary violence toward animals, with bans on dogfighting, cockfighting, cosmetic testing, and animals used in circuses serving as examples. It seems very safe to say the general public does not want to see animals harmed unnecessarily. If so many people are already in favor of banning slaughterhouses and extending legal protection to animals, why does the idea of banning the slaughter of animals seem so far-fetched? It seems highly unlikely any legislative body will be able to pass meaningful legislation dealing with animal slaughter this century. By contrast, millions of Americans and dozens of prominent American politicians frequently discuss the issue of gun control, Yet political gridlock makes passing meaningful legislation almost impossible. How then would slaughtering animals, an issue no one is discussing at all, be considered illegal within the next six decades? It seems like an impossible feat. Part of the answer lies in necessity, or at least what people believe is necessary. Slaughterhouses are widely viewed as a necessary evil and an industry that provides a necessary resource, meat. But this position sidesteps the reality that every farm animal bred to be slaughtered in a slaughterhouse is done so unnecessarily. Humans do not need animal products in order to thrive. According to the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the American Diabetes Association, the British Nutrition Foundation, Harvard, UCLA, Oxford University, the Mayo Clinic, and the National Institute of Health, an appropriately planned vegan diet, that is to say, a diet void of animal products, is healthful and nutritionally adequate for all human stages of life. Furthermore, 
fully vegan professional athletes are consistently able to penetrate the upper echelons of physical fitness. Perhaps enough people simply do not know about the unnecessary nature of slaughtering animals. But would proper education be sufficient to motivate people to abstain from consuming animal products? Most likely not. According to the nonprofit The Good Food Institute, people consider three main factors when purchasing food taste, price, and convenience. This suggests that people are likely to continue purchasing whatever tastes good, is affordably priced, and is conveniently available, despite whether these products are considered necessary or healthy. This also suggests that people don't care enough about the legal protection of animals to change purchasing decisions, despite the fact that people generally do not want to cause harm to animals. Extending legal protection to animals is generally accepted, but only if it means little or no sacrifice on the part of the individual. Giving up animal-based products like chicken wings, parmesan reggiano, foie gras, veal cutlets, and pork chops is generally considered a great inconvenience and sacrifice and not worth whatever benefit may come to the animals. Ironically, what will inevitably perpetuate change is exactly what prevents change from occurring. Money. To better understand this, let's examine the example of gun control legislation. When a mass shooting occurs, gun sales increase rather than decrease, which delivers more money and thus more power into the hands of of the anti-gun control lobbying groups such as the NRA. Despite the fact that the majority of people are in favor of gun control legislation and choose not to buy a gun after a mass shooting, there is no money generated in not buying a gun. Thus, there is no power given to a lobbying group to counterbalance the effect of the anti-gun control lobbying groups. This is why breaking the status quo for gun legislation in the USA has proven insurmountable. Conversely, when the general public boycotts a product from the meat, dairy, fish, and egg industries, they do not not purchase a product. Instead, they continue to eat three times a day, seven days a week, over a thousand times a year, with that money going directly to plant-based companies instead. At the moment, the plant-based milk and plant-based meat industries have reached over $3 billion in annual sales, and innovative plant food options are continuing to post double-digit growth. Profits are often redirected into research and development, where more innovative plant-based products will make further traction into the market. Plant-based eating has already gained enough popularity to warrant the formation of a lobbying group in Canada. As people eat more plant-based food, the profits increase, and thus the capacity for political power increases. With enough power, a plant-based lobbying group 
may be able to decrease government subsidies from the meat, dairy, fish, and egg industries and add subsidies to plant-based foods, which would increase the cost of animal-based products and reduce the cost of plant-based products. Currently, only 2% of the population identifies as vegan or plant-based. How then will the 98% of animal-based consuming humans become vegan in the next 60 years? Answer, through the production of meat alternatives. There are two types of meat alternatives set to explode in the coming years. One is plant-based meat, and the other is clean meat, also known as cell-cultured meat. Humans need suitable alternatives in order to consider making the switch from traditional to new, and the new item has to hit all the check marks discussed above, taste, affordability, and convenience. Plus, in order to gain mainstream acceptance, the new items cannot simply be on par with the traditional. They must be better. Consider the automobile's replacement of the horse-drawn carriage as an example. In the late 1860s, animal welfare activists advocated for better treatment of horses because of the cruel, laborious conditions in which the horses slaved away. Even the animal welfare activists didn't ask the public to give up using a horse-drawn carriage in the absence of a good alternative. At the time, the only alternatives were walking on foot or riding a bicycle. Who would want to carry cargo on foot or pedal a bicycle filled with commercial goods simply because horses endured a bit of suffering? This is where we are today. Most people do not want to sacrifice taste, price, or convenience simply because farm animals endure a bit of suffering, even if that suffering is extreme. But, once a better alternative emerges into the market, people are not only okay with making the switch, they line up at the Ford assembly plant to request a Model T in their favorite color. Will plant-based meat or clean meat be the next Model T? The answer remains unclear, but the premise of this article hinges upon the affirmative. Currently, clean meat does not exist, and plant-based meat has barely touched the surface of the market, comprising only 0.1% of the meat industry. However, the interest in these alternative meat industries is record-breaking, with billions of dollars being collectively invested, including big-name investors like Bill Gates, Leonardo DiCaprio, Richard Branson, and even traditional animal-based companies like Tyson Foods and Cargill Foods. Investors understand that it takes more resources to grow an animal to slaughter weight, and thus more money, even with government subsidies giving an unfair advantage to the traditional meat industry, than to grow meat directly from plants or cells. Manufacturing clean and plant-based meats are expected to provide better investment returns and be more profitable business models. It's no wonder big-name investors are taking note. Imagine a group of astronauts 
boarding a ship to travel to another planet somewhere in the galaxy in order to start a new civilization. Can you picture cows being herded onto that ship? Can you picture several thousand kilogram animals crammed onto a limited space space shuttle? Imagine the weight of plant food the astronauts would have to bring on board to feed the generations of cattle simply so they can have constant access to beef burgers. If that seems ridiculously wasteful, it's because it is. Under the traditional food system, the most efficient way to grow an animal to slaughter weight is through genetic selection and factory farming conditions. Chickens happen to be the most efficient meat-producing animals, generating one calorie of chicken meat for every nine calories of plant matter fed to the chicken. With cows, lambs, and pigs, the efficiency is much worse. This means the absolute most efficient form of traditional farming yields at minimum 800% food waste. Rocket scientists and astronauts are not careless enough to waste precious resources on a mission like this. And because planet Earth is a closed ship spiraling through the darkness of space, we will need a suitable replacement to slaughtering animals if meat is fated to remain in humanity's future. Before we assume clean and plant-based meats will be adequate replacements for traditional meat, let's examine each technology a little more closely. The technology behind clean meat is not new, as it has been utilized since the 1950s in the medical world. Growing skin tissue for burn victims has been a popular application of culturing tissue cells. Similarly, Clean meat involves the growing of animal cells in a controlled environment outside of the animal's body. To grow clean meat, a small tissue biopsy is taken from a living or freshly deceased animal. This biopsy is then grown in a bioreactor and surrounded by a media solution which feeds the cells, tricking them into growing as they would grow inside the animal. The system is similar to brewing beer, and clean meat enthusiasts envision meat breweries in every grocery store, restaurant, and perhaps in every household, just as we currently see with beer brewing. And as with beer brewing, every meat brewer can offer a unique recipe complete with unique spices and exotic meats. The idea of growing, cooking, and serving polar bear, black rhino, giraffe, hedgehog, chinchilla, capuchin monkey, macaw, or penguin meat inside of one's own kitchen is not science fiction at all. All that one needs is a miniature bioreactor, enough cell growing solution, and some starter cells from the animal's tissue you would like to grow. But why stop at one meat per dish? Culinary connoisseurs have become enthralled with the idea of mixing proteins to secure the most artistically divine gustatory experience possible, with a modern-day turducken serving as one traditional and relatively boring example. 
It may well be a common experience to patronize a local pub in the month of December in the year 2059 and request the house special, a steak grown from the blended muscle meats of pheasant, arctic fox, and reindeer, served alongside calico lobster and a house-brewed Christmas-themed winter lager. Zero animals were slaughtered. The second emerging technology attempting to displace traditional meat is plant-based meat. And some visionaries believe this industry will be enough to displace traditional meat completely on its own, regardless of the success seen by clean meat technology. Plant-based meat has already reached $670 million in the U.S. alone, growing at a record-breaking 24% in 2018. If the industry maintains that growth, plant-based meat will completely displace traditional meat by 2030, making the title of this article true with 49 years left to spare. The best-selling products in this sector have only just been released in the last three years. Beyond Meat's The Beyond Burger was released in 2016 and sold out within the first hour of being available. Beyond Meat has also launched plant-based versions of sausage, beef, and chicken. Bill Gates wrote on his personal blog that, quote, I couldn't tell the difference between Beyond Meat and real chicken, end quote. Impossible Foods' The Impossible Burger was also released in 2016, with the company stating the product uses 95% less land, 74% less water, and emits 87% less greenhouse gas than making a ground beef burger patty from cows. A traditional beef burger is comprised of fats, lipids, and amino acids. Even the best cows raised under the most perfect traditional animal farming conditions will be limited by the molecular structure of the animal's tissue. The flesh of a slaughtered animal can only taste so good. It will always have a limit. With plant-based technology, on the other hand, meat can be assembled from the molecule up, offering a unique and mind-blowing experience that can not only exactly match, but excel beyond the taste, texture, flavor, and overall experience of traditional meat. Thus, we can see why the company Beyond Meat chose its name. Plant-based meat has been a profitable business since the 1980s, with the emergence of the first veggie burger, but the success of products like the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger have been revolutionary. The distinguishing difference being that these new products have spent considerable focus on satiating meat eaters rather than vegans and vegetarians. Plant-based companies are now trying with considerable effort to mimic the experience of traditional meat and they have only just begun. To date, the entire market has made every single plant-based ingredient by cultivating the protein from only three plants, soy, wheat, 
and peas. There are currently more than 80,000 known edible plant species on Earth. The plant-based meat industry has generated hundreds of millions of dollars by cultivating only three. Imagine what culinary excitement and profitable business models lie waiting in the other 79,997 edible plants. Some say the plant-based version of the Model T has already been introduced to the market in the form of the veggie burger that bleeds. Whether this is true or not, we can almost guarantee its imminence, and with it, the beginning of a mainstream disruption of animal agriculture. Many major food companies will extend a warm welcome to these innovative products, as investors and CEOs see more profitable margins and diverse portfolios. As corporate lobbyists with financial interests in meat alternatives gain power, politicians will not mind publicly favoring alternatives over animal-based foods, which will lessen the strength of animal agricultural subsidies and strengthen the subsidies of meat replacements. Environmental advocates will champion meat alternatives because of the environmental benefits of harvesting plants and brewing clean meat, while condemning the environmental destruction caused by traditional animal-based meats. Public health officials will embrace meat alternatives because of the healing benefits of plants. Clean meat's unlikely contamination of harmful pathogens like E. coli and salmonella and the reduction of antibiotic use in farmed animals, which raises the risk for antibiotic-resistant bacteria. They will also continue to denounce animal-based foods for their direct correlation to major human diseases like cancer and heart disease. Animal rights activists will spearhead the movement by organizing marches, protests, and public outreach. By public publicly advocating for the rights of animals and maintaining a firm stance through media and social media that animals deserve a decent minimum of legal protection and moral respect. Public attitudes will continue to tilt in favor of banning all slaughterhouses. Sixty years offers a lot of time to show how willing humans are to switch from traditional to new. Consider, for example, the transition from swords to guns, candles to light bulbs, black and white TVs to color TVs, ships to airplanes, rotary phones to push-button phones, vinyl records to 8-track tapes, tape players to CDs, MP3s to streaming services, writing to typing, cellular phones to smartphones, and taxi services to car-sharing services like Uber and Lyft. All of these examples saw mainstream shifts in fewer than 60 years. In fact, human lifestyle has changed so much throughout the last two centuries, it seems the only thing that hasn't updated technologically is our food. We are still eating like the proverbial caveman. When it comes to moral progress, 60 years can make all the difference. 
1860, money made by a woman in the USA immediately became the property of her husband. Sixty years later, women were granted the right to vote. In 1955, blacks were legally forbidden from riding in the front of a bus, and Rosa Parks stirred great controversy by refusing to move. Sixty years later, a black man held the highest office in the country. Consider the moral and legal progress made for the LGBTQ community from 1955 to 2015 when the U.S. Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage across all 50 states. We continue to fight these moral battles, and there are many counterexamples, but these are speed bumps in history's big picture. As Martin Luther King quoted many times during the Civil Rights Movement, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. We have every reason to believe we will continue to extend our moral circle of compassion and justice to those who deserve it. As meat alternatives taste more and more like traditional meat, we will be happy to remind ourselves that animals share much more in common with us than they do not. The most relevant of which is a brain, a central nervous system, and the capacity to have interests. In 2079, I predict these facts will be taken for granted and ex-slaughterhouses turned into museums will remind us of humanity's stubborn, bloody, and irrational past. Thank you for listening to the Love Vegan Podcast.